Hello and welcome to the Literature Podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Novel Review, a literary podcast that discusses all things books. Today is no different. There will be a book, but to help me discuss this book is the author himself. The book is The Boulevard and the author is Jared Edson. Jared is a Canadian writer, poet and teacher, a bachelor's degree in literature and a postgraduate degree in education. Jared is the author of six books with the sixth and latest being The Boulevard. Jared, it's so great to have you here on the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And this book was just fantastic. I I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm very excited to discuss it with you today. I'm going to do my best not to spoil it, but oh, I do want to talk about everything. It's kind of frustrating in this situation because, yeah. But anyways, let's let's jump straight in. So sure. before we discuss the book itself, I wanted to talk to you about the genre of the book because it's what's called speculative fiction. And mm-hmm. I wonder if you could just give us sort of your understanding of what speculative fiction is and what drew you to speculative fiction. Um, first of all, speculative fiction is something that's not, it's basically, I've been, I was asked this question once before and I couldn't quite pinpoint it. It's basically anywhere between literary fiction and, and science fiction, or science fiction fantasy. Um, it's not based in the real world. You can have some, some uh, magic in there or, you know, otherworldly things, but it's not necessarily in outer space either. Um, so uh, I had a I did an interview with another writer of speculative fiction about a month ago, and we were talking about uh, spec fiction, trying to figure out what it was. And we came to the conclusion um, that it's just different. Um, I dedicated <laughs> the book to my dad, and you can see he said it's different, and it's kind of funny how he, he summed it up. It's just different. It's something that's out of the norm. Um, I wasn't necessarily drawn to speculative fiction. This was just a story that I wanted to write. My other five books are all uh, considered literary fiction. Um, so I wasn't necessarily ju- drawn to the the genre. For me, it's just another another book that I wrote. No, that's fantastic. And we're definitely going to dive into a few of the things you mentioned there. But I thought just to sort of kick things off, would you mind giving us a brief overview of the book just to sort of set the scene? Sure. It's... Um... It's funny. All my other novels, I can kind of sum up in one sentence. This one, I can't. Uh, no matter how many times no. I try to do it, take um, your time. Um, I can. I can tell you how I came about with the idea, which will explain um, what, what it's about. So I was working at uh, a bookstore called Chapters in Canada. It's it was the big box bookstore uh, when I was in university in Ottawa, and uh, another big box store came in and bought out ours and now it now the the big box bookstore in canada is called indigo Um, at the time it was during the buyout and the ceo the new ceo was coming into our store to um i guess just to pay a visit so our manager for about a week was just kind of running around getting the store looking absolutely perfect he was in a panic um, at the time, I was uh, one of those days I was in there helping out. I uh, I worked in the fiction section and I was slipping through a far side calendar, that cartoon, the far side. Mm-hmm. I was slipping through a desk calendar and I came across one where it had uh, a door 
and Satan was on one side of the door and there was a repairman on the other side of the door and there was 999 on the door. And the repairman was saying, I'm paraphrasing, he was saying something like, I guess I read this upside down and he had a work order or something. <laughs> so I had a moment, what was going on at the store at the time where I was just like, what if, what if God visited hell for the first time and Satan is in a bind to get hell looking like hell should look because mm -hmm. he's been building it in in a different way it turns out he's been building it in the image of heaven and uh he's he's got to he's got to destroy that um or face god's wrath so that was uh that was where i got the idea for the story that's basically what it's about as you know uh the focus is mostly on van gogh's life um three quarters of the book so yes. yeah, it's, it's, i can't sum it up in one sentence <laughs> no no that it that's that's completely fine the the novel is lovingly dedicated to your father um and and as you said before he actually read an early sort of copy of this and said it's different yeah you've just revealed that you sort of started thinking about this story when you're working in this bookshop when did you actually sort of put pen to paper um it was probably well well over a decade um i'd always been making notes um i published five books in between um this one uh, at, at the time I just released my first, it was a really short, like a novella, 135 mm -hmm. pages or so with a really small press on the East coast when I was in university. Um, I knew it was a good idea and I also knew I wasn't ready to write it. I oh, was at good. least smart enough to realize I didn't have the mm -hmm. skills to, uh, to write a novel like that. Um, so I stuck to learning and, and, and got my degree and learned more and more. So it was about 2014. I sat down and, and just put, uh, put a skeleton together. Um, it was about 88 pages at the time. Mm -hmm. Then I waited another two or three years. I wrote a few more books in between there and, uh, really put the meat on the bones. Um, probably about 2015, 2016, uh, grew to 250 pages and eventually to a 400 page manuscript. So it was, uh, it not necessarily, it didn't take me 20 years to write. Um, but it was kind of always on the back burner for about 20 years and probably three years to, to sit down to write it out. That, I mean, that's such a long time, but that is fantastic. And, and the recognition of, I have a great idea, but I can't write it yet because I'm not quite there yet is we'll come back to writing style. Actually, sure. what I, what I want to ask next is, so you've sort of had this initial idea of, you know, Satan being in a bind and he needs to get hell looking a bit more hellish, but where did then the idea come from of Van Gogh being this artist that's painted hell? Because while this novel is based in hell and it's set in hell and it's on this train ride in hell. And like you said, Satan's trying to get hell back looking to hell it's also a story that sort of covers humans artistic history how did mm. that side of the book sort of come into it well once i had the idea that um god was going to visit hell i had to figure out what what the what the problem was going to be mm -hmm. and what why was why was satan in a panic and um once i came to the idea that um uh when satan was cast out of hell even according to milton he he he, he loved it he wanted to take over he didn't want to destroy it. he loved it so i figured when he got to hell he wouldn't settle for you know lava and, and dirt and filth he would want to build it in the image of heaven and i had to think of what's the difference between heaven and hell the very obvious response is is light and darkness so he had to figure out a way how to light um to to kind of get heaven's light into hell then I went from there going, well, how am I going to do this? I realized I can't light 
all of the the world of hell. So why not just like like the main city of hell? And I've always been a, a big fan go buff, and uh, and I'm a Hemingway nerd. Um, so I, I don't really know when I got the idea for the actual boulevard itself. Um, but once I once I realized I could I could write a novel with Van Gogh and Hemingway in it as characters, uh, that's what that's what really drew me in because it was once I started it was a ton of fun to write those characters. I mean, it, it was a it was a ton of fun to read them because I love sort of especially in the early stages when you're just about to set out on the train ride and you sort of pass who is it is it Al Capone that you pass um is it yeah well he keeps looking back well certain there's there's things going on in the city while satan is is gone on the train and uh it keeps going back to his um to, to them preparing um all the preparations uh that's going on with hell and and one of the one of the things is that al capone kind of runs capital city um <laughs> and yeah that was that was a weird one lives in the in the basement of a pizza joint <laughs> yeah and then you've got bukowski for a couple of scenes there you've got jean reese who's sort of always lingering in the background yeah which is i mean it's just great to sort of revisit these characters but then of course you've got the sort of historically fictive side of the story where you've got all the great artists through history and i mean that was a question i was going to ask is how did you settle on van gogh but you've kind of already revealed it but then of course you've got a sort of I guess justify why you're picking Van Gogh as opposed to Monet or Da Vinci or you know the the classics of Dutch um, art, you know Rembrandt and right. stuff. Was yeah, it difficult well, to sort of go past them and justify why you're picking someone else? It, it wasn't like I was I was drawn to I wanted to use Van Gogh because I knew more about him than any other artist, mm -hmm. and he was to me he's the most interesting. So he was it was always going to be Van Gogh. Um, Part of the process of, of writing it out uh, over a period of years is you get to think about it. You get to see mm -hmm. your your mistakes. Um, and uh, um, I, I picked Van Gogh and justified him over over you know other artists like Da Vinci and Vermeer and and those because I found out in the you know the, the mid eighteen hundreds the new pigments came along and that and that that really gave way for the impressionists. Um, so that 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 perfectly worked into the story right basically brighter brighter paints brighter pigments that of course i was going to pick an impressionist and it had to be van gogh i didn't add the monet um piece until very very late um interesting it was just a couple years ago and i and i realized my mistake was if if satan was going to pick an artist to to illuminate hell it, it, it had to be monet i mm. mean over van gogh but I wanted to use Van Gogh. So I was like, how do I, how do I justify this? How do I justify Van Gogh over Monet? And even Hemingway in the book says, come on, like not Monet, like give me yeah. a break. <laughs> um, so I had to, how, how, how was, um, how did Monet not qualify for the job? Mm. And the way I did it was Monet was too good that he discovered who Satan was right um and that that's how i did that that but that came in the whole monet all those monet scenes came in very late it was the last couple years um going through and going through realizing i needed i needed to justify um van gogh over monet just on that is there a reason because you say you added monet in quite late is there a reason you'd originally left him out of the text uh no it's just an it's just an oversight on my part Okay. <laughs> right. You, you you go through you 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 write books or, or write a long story, and there's so many things to think about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, yeah. It, I just had when I'm writing a new novel now, and I'm on my on my fifth uh, draft of it, and 
in the car the other day, I realized the ending doesn't work at all because one character doesn't connect. And, and I really, it's a, it's a big mistake. So I've got to fix it. And th this was the same thing. I realized like, I can't just go to Monet. And how, do, how do I pass over? Or, or I can't just go to Van Gogh. How do I, how do mm -hmm. I pass over Claude Monet? So I had, to, I had to put that in there. It was just an oversight. And I luckily I saw it. Right. No, yeah, fantastic addition, fantastic addition. And then, of course, just Hemingway along for the ride because why not? He was comic relief. Um, yes. Like I said, I'm I'm no. a Hemingway nut, and uh, I picked, I could have picked, you know, a few versions of Ernest Hemingway. I picked the the stereotypical uh, egomaniac, mm -hmm. the drunk. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I could have written him far more serious. I could have written him far more um, far more arrogant than he was. Mm -hmm. I could have written him a, a number of ways. I wanted him to be uh comic relief in the book he's he's fun and his, his interactions with satan i thought were, were were fun and funny and just to lighten it up because it's a pretty dark story <laughs> yeah that it is but no i i loved him there i'm a big hemingway fan as well so like it was i thought you actually wrote him really well um based on the stories that i've read so kudos to that what did you want to achieve with this novel wow um I wanted to, I wanted to be, well, I wanted to be happy with the finished product. Mm -hmm. um, hmm, let me think. I'm trying to find a way to say this. What I wanted to achieve with the book was when I initially had the thought that it was going to be a big book and I wasn't ready to write it. I wanted to, uh, my goal was to get it written that until I was satisfied with it. And that, that was my goal with the book. Um, very selfish goal, but um, no. yeah, I don't know any better answer than that. No, that's that's not selfish at all. You're the one writing it. Is it is it really tough? You know, this story sort of spanned twenty years of your life, ten years of sort of penciling down thoughts. Um, I can't remember who it is that says, you know, no, no art piece of art is ever finished. It's just simply abandoned. Given that this has taken up pretty much your entire writing career, was it really tough to sort of close the book and say, okay, this is ready to to go out into the world yeah it was really tough i mm. i initially had um another press that was very interested in it and it, he, they were going to publish it um it was in 2017 and um i kind of got to the end and they were they were about to send proofs i hadn't had a contract signed yet they were going to send proofs and i pulled the plug um mm. It wasn't a, a very amicable divorce, but um, it was the right thing to do. I didn't, I, for instance, I didn't have the Monet in there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know oh, I was yeah. missing pieces, but I knew the book wasn't wasn't ready, and I shouldn't have been um, trying to to publish it then. So um, when uh, Lee Thompson at uh, Galleon Books, uh, I've known Lee for probably twelve years now. Um, I, I trusted him and I was finally ready to let it go. Um, I was trying to let it go for five years, um, <laughs> but it, it felt complete at that point. So um, yeah, it was very difficult. The, the most difficult book I've ever had to let go of for sure. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, just hearing that you nearly published it without the Monet parts is. Uh, there were, there were a lot of parts. There were no, um, uh, no parts with um, Emile Bernard. Uh, there was no yeah. funeral. Like Van Gogh's funeral wasn't there. Um, there were a lot of a lot of missing pieces, and I didn't I didn't know what the missing pieces were then, mm -hmm. um, but I just knew that it was thin and it needed to be uh, it needed to be finished. Was there any panic after you sort of declined to have it published because then there was sort of like this pressure of okay, 
they wanted to publish it. I could have just done that and moved on with my life. But now I've got this pressure of, I need to actually add something to this book. If I'm, if I'm uh, stopping it being published for a reason, I need to add something to it. Yeah, no, no, no pressure. Um, it was, um, I was sure of the decision when I made it. It was, a, it was, a, a, it wasn't a tough decision. I wasn't ready to let it okay. go, and That's and good. I knew, I knew the book wasn't ready, so there was no pressure. I was never, um, I never feel pressure um, to find a publisher. Like the, the last book came out in 2016. This book is out this year. So that's seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I do? I don't, I don't wallow in it. I, I, you know, submit and submit and you get turned down until you find one. I know I'll always find one in that. In the meantime, I've got, you know, I've got two, I've got one 500 page manuscript on its final stages. I've got a 400 page manuscript on its final stages. I got stuff in the cupboard. Right. And that yeah. feels really good. Yeah. Like the biggest okay. fear is, 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 you know, publishing a book. And then going, oh my God, I've got, I've got nothing to, I've got to, I got to get going. That would be pressure, but mm-hmm. I've never in a hurry to publish. So um, to have a few ne- big manuscripts I'm working on that are finished pretty much, um, I don't feel any pressure at all. No, fantastic. I mean, fantastic because yeah, was like we can see as soon as the pressure's off, good stuff comes. That's it. I don't good know if I can that kind of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. That's the nice thing being with a small press too, because mm. you don't have uh, necessarily, you know, these, these deadlines and there's not mm. thousands of dollars on the line. You go at your own pace. Um, I think yeah, well, if I ever wrote a book, that was books. A, right. Right. Mm. And have, you know, corporation down your back. No, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Searching for that summer read. No, that's, that's really good. Let's turn back now to the story because I want to talk about satan himself the devil yeah he's a really interesting character in this book because and i i will do my best not to spoil anything in the end but he's actually you have well i had a lot of sympathy for him throughout the novel is this something you wanted to do and why did you want to make and if yes why did you want to make satan sort of a sympathetic character um i didn't set out to make him sympathetic (laughs) i was determined Though not to make him your typical Satan, the scary, mm. you know, uh, I wanted to make him vulnerable. Um, yes. And what I did was I wrote him as a, I had an interview and they asked, you know, what was my idea for Satan? He was a, like a snooty CEO, right? Uh, mm-hmm. who's, who's kind of trying to please everyone, including himself, right? On top mm-hmm. of him being incredibly selfish. Um, so I, I, it's one of those things where um, when you start writing a novel and the characters work, they just kind of, they just grow into themselves and you just, you know, it's cliche, but you do follow where they go. And, and as you're writing, they develop themselves. And that's the character. Like I said, I, I didn't want to write this terrifying Satan. Um, and once I started with that, it just, he grew into himself. No, fantastic. Out of all the characters or, maybe just the three main characters, Van Gogh, Satan, and uh, Hemingway. Who was your favorite to write? Hemingway, 100%. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it was That's so much good. fun. I, I did I did zero research on Hemingway, like zero. Really? No research at all. I, I, there may have been like a date or something I may have picked, um, mm-hmm. but no research on Hemingway. I, like I've, I've loved him my whole life. And, and um, it was he was so much fun. I could I could write another book just with I, I'm thinking of it already. Like it's kind of like <laughs> how do I get these two on a train again? Um so yeah, no Hemingway by far. Yeah. Wow. That's that's good. No, I loved him as well. He was a great character. I love the way he sort of 
Satan had told his sort of side of the story and then Hemingway would always have his own anecdote to sort of justify it <laughs> in his own way. It was fantastic. And I was like, this just feels like Hemingway. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, he's just he's always drawing the story back to himself, right? Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with a story like this, because it is sort of historical fiction in that you do go through humans' artistic history, was there a lot of research for you you know, because you do start basically at the beginning of human history, recorded history, and then work your way up to Van Gogh. Is there a lot of research in those days? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I really didn't know anything about, about Da Vinci or mm -hmm. I really didn't know much about Monet. You know, I could name paintings and things like that, but didn't know about, you know, where he was living at the time when he painted uh, Magpie or, or whatever. Um there's a lot of research for those characters. I would go online and check out articles and cross-reference. Uh, I read a couple books. I read a, a book called um, uh, "The History of the History of Satan," which was a very interesting book about, wow. about how evil became personified into this character as Satan. So there were a lot of things. Um, I, I read the Van Gogh letters, of course. I read a, mm -hmm. a few books of the Van Gogh letters, um, and I would read something and go, "Oh, oh, I could, I could totally." write this scene out that he's talking to um, Theo about. So um, yeah, there's a lot of research. I actually went to um, Auvers um, outside nice. of Paris. Mm -hmm. um, so that those scenes where I, 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 I ate at the Ravu Inn, they still serve the same meals from the 1890s. Oh. I went in Van Gogh's room. I, I made the walk to Gachet's house. You can go up, you can sit in the garden and go in the house. They have things like the pianos there. Um, so I did all that. I went to the field. I, I stood in front of the church. I did a lot of, um, I can't really call that research. That was just fun, right? But yeah, a lot, of, a lot of reading and a lot of notes. Did it, you know, did doing those walks and eating in those same places really inspire you beyond Van Gogh's work and everything else? Was it also just sort of like a cathartic moment for you? Yeah, it was... Uh, I really felt like I was walking in his footsteps, you know, wow. I mean, to, to go into, to go into Gachet's garden is, you know, it's, it's stuff I never could have gotten from, from doing uh, research uh, like, like in a book yeah, or, or a website or anything until you go and you sit in the garden, you see all the, the flowers and everything mm -hmm. there um, to stand in front of the church. I hadn't, I didn't know, you would never have known that there was a brick wall. There's a brick wall where, where he kind of, um, when he has an episode, um, he falls back and the brick wall supports him. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never would have known that that wall was there because I situated myself where I figured he would have stood when he painted the church. Um, and, and and it's essentially there's a brick wall, a, a long brick wall that goes around the road uh, that I never would have known about. So things wow. like that. Yeah, um, the small details. Little details that, that yeah. I never would have gotten from the book. No, that's fantastic. Okay, last question about the book. It's about your writing style. How did you manage your writing style? You know, this is your sixth book. So you've got your own writing style sort of very well established in your own mind. As you said, you would have read Van Gogh's letters, which, I mean, if anyone has read them, they will probably piss you off because he, it's unfair that he's that good an artist and that good a writer as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got Hemingway as well, who's got a very clear, distinct voice. So You've got all three of these characters, uh, well, two of these characters and yourself featuring featuring prominently throughout the book. How did you navigate all these sort of different clashings of writing styles? I, well, first of all, I just wrote the way I've I've been learning to write for the past thirty mm -hmm. years, um, which is which I which I get 
a lot of it from from Hemingway. Just tell mm -hmm. the story as simply as you can tell it. Um, that's all I tried to do is tell a story very simply. Now, when I was doing the the, there's a scene where Hemingway explains his his suicide, his own death, mm. and I tried to write two two pages, two big paragraphs um, in this, it, like as if it was Hemingway writing it. That's the only time I tried to um, to tried to do that. Um, I don't know if it worked or not, but um, I figured he was telling it, so I you know used the repetition and the visuals. But I don't know. I've been I've been doing this for 30 years and, and learning as I go. And, mm -hmm. and I've always found that the, the, the best way is the simplest way to tell the story. You can always tell when, I, when you start writing, I was 18 when I started to write and you, you try to, you sit down to write a story and you try to sound fancy. You try to sound, mm -hmm. Oh, how would a write, how would a writer write? And then it's just a disaster, right? Unless you're a genius, which I'm not. <laughs> um, so it took me, it took me, uh 15 20 30 40 30 years to um to find out what my voice is and it's just tell it as simply as i can no fantastic and i mean i'm so glad you wrote this story because it's fantastic i'm going to hold it up to the camera actually so if anyone watches this on youtube look at that picture that is fantastic i mean the artwork is what really drew me into the story when i first heard about it it uh, it my mind was blown with this story. It was so good. I think it's just sort of what I needed right when I needed it. So thank you so much for writing it and for oh, that's cool. coming on the show today. It was so good to have you here, but you can't go anywhere just yet. I've got one more question. Sure. What is your favorite book? For Whom the Bell Tolls, Ernest Hemingway. Wow. Five okay. times. By far my favorite book. Uh, very quick uh, answer. Um, there, there are... Um, well, I was prepared, <laughs> yeah. um, but that, I would answer that quickly, no matter what. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite. There are there are things I would love to change uh, mm -hmm. in in that novel. Um, some of the dialogue that's written in old old Spanish dialect was translate into like the old English, um, which is a plan of mine someday when it goes to public domain and I can publish my own version of it. That's a long-term project to nice. make a modern version of it. The other mm. thing is the censors. There's no actual cursing or swearing in the novel. Um, it, it'll literally say like, what the unprintable are you talking about? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to, I would love to see a version of that where it's just printed as it was what I think, what I think Hemingway would have written it as. Mm -hmm. So someday I'll do that. Um, I, I love, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, a book snob where I'm, um, you know, I don't like that cause it's thriller or pop fiction, uh, pillars of the earth by, um, uh, Ken Follett is yep. one of the great books. And I love the day of the jackal by, uh, Frederick Forsyth. It's just Ooh. amazing thriller. Yeah. Amazing book. I've never heard of like that the one. Best... Oh, the, the day of the jackal. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's known as the, as the, um, as the greatest thriller ever written. Oh, wow. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's about the attempted assassination of uh, Charles de Gaulle. It's brilliant. Oh, it's sick. Brilliant. Okay. It's one of the greatest books ever. Putting that on the list to be read then. Yeah, it's good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was, yeah, it, it was a great time. I almost wish we could have spoiled the book, but didn't need to do that so people can <laughs> buy it and read it themselves and be, you know, just fall in love with it as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Cheers. 